You're listening to Bits of Me, the podcast about women's bodies, all the things we should know about them, and all the stories behind them. This week I talked to Simone, a 21-year-old university student with a grade 3 uterine prolapse. Simone first noticed a bulge in her vagina when she was 18 years old, and she had no idea what it was. She shares her experience of looking for advice and solutions, of finally going to the doctor, getting pelvic floor exercises in a language she didn't speak, talking to partners and figuring out sex with prolapse and finding a way to open up the conversation with other women. So you were 18 when you found a lump in in your vagina, is that right? Yeah, so I first like noticed the symptoms when I was around 18, but I think I probably had them like before that. But I think that was the age that I started just like inspecting my body, seeing what was going on. And I think that I just noticed it and I didn't think anything of it because I didn't know, yeah. you know anything about how anatomically I was meant to be. Of course. So I just, I just asked my friends and I was like, oh, I found this lump, do you think it's normal? And they were like, oh, maybe it's your G-spot, maybe it's just a spot. And I was like, oh. I was like, oh, I'm not going to the doctor, then I'm too embarrassed to discuss it. Yeah. Um, and how did you feel? Were you were you kind of worried about it, or was it just this weird thing that you didn't really know what it was? Or um, I In the beginning, I wasn't worried, but then it got progressively larger. And I was like, oh, this is, like, a bit concerning. And then I, um, I don't know, I just re- resorted to self-care methods. So I was going on holiday for a few months backpacking with my friends. And I was like, oh, I'll go buy some Femme Fresh. Maybe that will cure it. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, that was stupid it didn't. on reflection. Yeah. But I was just, I wasn't really nervous until I showed a photo of it to my mum. And then she was like, that's not that's not normal Mm. um so yeah what's your relationship with uh, your mum like was that strange or was did it feel natural to you to do that so it was a bit odd like at the beginning because like a lot of things related to my sex life and that's how I noticed my prolapse as well and like I didn't really have that relationship yet with my mum and obviously like I know it's a bit odd like showing Peter picture of your vagina to anyone Mm. so I we've kind of built that relationship over the years and slowly we've become closer and just like there's no judgment or like anything talking about it like I can talk about anything now I feel like you know she won't feel uncomfortable I won't feel uncomfortable yeah so she said okay that's that doesn't look normal to me and what did you do then well, she was like, we need to take you to A&E. And I was like, that's a bit dramatic. <laughs> so we just went, uh, I made an appointment because at that time I was about to go on my year abroad to Denmark. Yeah. And so I was like, I don't know what the medical care is like out there. And I should probably get it checked before I do go out there mm. by myself. Um, so I made an appointment with the, the doctor just to ask their opinion. And they sent me off to like a professional gynecologist in the hospital and then obviously I couldn't get any further treatment because I was going away because I left it to like two weeks before yeah uh, which was very silly um so yeah then I just got um treatment done in Denmark 
So you went to Denmark for a gap year or something, or you were studying there for a year? or? Uh, yeah, it was my uh, like year abroad uh, as yeah. part of my degree. And how did you find that navigating, so not just a new healthcare system, but in a different language and everything? Yeah, it was quite hard because obviously my support network is at home and I went to Denmark knowing absolutely no one. I didn't know anything about the healthcare system. And um, I went there and I went to the doctor and they referred me to a specialist, which was about an hour away by bus. So every time I had an appointment, I did have to commute by myself. Um, And then... I had an appointment once where she didn't know the word for vagina in English. And, like, I know, obviously, I'm in a foreign country. Like, I shouldn't expect them to speak English. They should speak their first language. But, you know, it was quite intimidating for me as someone going about something so private and they just didn't know the word for vagina. And another time they gave me physio um, stuff to do, like, exercises and they were all in Danish and they said there was no possibility for them to translate them. So I had to go to my newly met flatmates and ask her to translate these vagina physio exercises for me. <laughs> and she was there <laughs> translating how to clench my like vagina and I was just like highly embarrassed. <laughs> that must have made you very so, close though, I would say. Yeah, it did actually. It was a good bonding exercise. I was like, let's talk about my <laughs> vagina. <laughs> So when were you first told that you had prolapse? When did that word first come into the picture? It was after quite a few tests and I originally had a misdiagnosis of like a septate uterus, um, which was quite confusing at the time. Uh, I would say only recently I got the diagnosis of uterine prolapse. And it was funny because when I was writing my blog... I was trying to think about what grade or what type of prolapse I had and I actually had to check back on the letters and stuff like that to actually then recall that I had uterine prolapse grade Mm. three. But I don't think there was like a time that they said to me, oh, you have prolapses, more so once it was written in my letters. But um, it was was originally in Denmark, I think, at the end of all my tests. Mm. Okay, and... Did you even know what prolapse was at that point? or? No, I, I had no idea. Like, And I feel like when you Google stuff, you know, the internet is a scary place. You Google you have one symptom, you come out with cancer or something. So I just Googled, I had prolapse, and it was like, you can't do this, you can't do that. Mm. And I was just like very, very, it was a very confusing time for me, and I didn't think I could have children at that point. Mm. Uh, and when one of my friends actually said to me, don't you think that having prolapse is a sign from the universe you shouldn't have kids? And I, at the time, like, you know, I just newly arrived to Denmark. This was one of my friends that I had made, and I was just, you know, I didn't really have anyone to support me, and I feel like when you tell someone about this, a lot of younger women my age don't know how to help you because they Mm. don't really know what it feels like because... Obviously, it's just nothing they can fathom. Mm. And so that's why uh, I've turned to the support network of Instagram. Mm. So what did it feel like? I mean, what what went through your mind when you were told that you had prolapse and you went Googling to figure out what it was? Um, I don't know. I was just very emotionally confused. Like I was I would just like turn to hating my body and I, my, I got really low self-esteem because I did. You know, I was just like, why aren't I normal? 
because I have quite a few uh, health problems in the past as well. And I was just like, this was just another thing on top of another thing. Yeah. And I just felt like, like disgusted by my body because something was falling out of it. And I didn't mm. know, you know, what really it was. Mm. Are you able to explain what a uterine prolapse is? Um, I don't want to get it medically incorrect, <laughs> but uh, there's different types of prolapse and uterine prolapse is one of them. But it's basically if your uterus falls down from its normal position mm. and there's different grades, grade one to four. And I have four being the the worst. Mm. I have grade three where it's actually visibly coming out of my vagina. Mm. Uh, the other grades yeah are going up Mm. but that would be the best way I could put it yeah and obviously um different types of prolapse are quite common after giving birth um yeah like something like 50 percent um that's the statistic so does anyone know what might have triggered it in your situation yeah that's been the question that's been asked by a few medical professionals I still have no clue they thought that it went through the normal, di- uh, sorry, the causes of prolapse, which is like chronic constipation, a chronic cough, also hypermobility disorders, which I'm getting tested for. Okay. Uh, but it's not till next year as like COVID has really, you know, put a halt to all the appointments. Yeah. But I am not flexible in any way. So I'd be very surprised if it came back like that. Yeah. But um. One of the causes or one of the aggravators of prolapse in me is my anxiety because okay. um, holding your breath can, you know, make your prolapse bear down and get worse. And when yeah. I do high impact exercises, I have a habit of holding my breath because it actually makes me easier. Mm. Um, and so when I had my first physio appointment, I had to learn, you know, to exhale during the hard part and inhale during the easy part. And so that's one of the aggravators of my prolapse. It's not necessarily the cause. But, yeah, they're still trying to find that out, really. Yeah. Yeah. Are you in a lot of pain with your prolapse? Or what are your main symptoms like? Yeah, I think I'm quite lucky in this respect because the women who have approached me in their blogs have said they're in a lot of pain. And I don't think I'm in pain to do with my prolapse. Like, I have a lot of pain... To do with I get recurrent UTIs which could be related to my prolapse mm. they don't know yet mm. but I would say that it's more like a heavy weighted feeling mm. um and like obviously it just falls out which is very inconvenient mm. yeah. <laughs> but it's not like that it's I'm in constant agony it's more so that I notice it during intercourse and during exercise because intercourse is very painful so it's mm. more if I do certain things that make it worse, then I do notice it. Mm. Now, I know that you've tried different types of, of treatments, um, but I, I thought it was interesting, speaking of the, the holding your breath and that, um, that you mentioned in one of your blogs that you tried different pessaries when you were in Denmark and that yeah. they were mostly painful for you, partly because you're hypertonic, so your, your pelvic floor muscles are very tight and very strong. Um, yeah. I think it's interesting because a lot of people would obviously, I think when, when you hear about prolapse or when you learn about prolapse, you might think that it's about softness and weakness and everything collapsing. But I suppose uh, in your situation, your pelvic floor muscles are actually very, very strong. Yeah. yeah. They're just like 
I can't do any exercises for them at the moment because they're in a conscious state of contraction mm. so I can't release then contract because they're always contracted mm. and um yeah I tried the two types of pessaries the ring pessary and the cube pessary and they were just both excruciatingly painful to you know put up and they also did get infected when I had my period okay. and so I was in so much pain and it was itching and I couldn't remove it myself because they were so my pelvic floor was so tight so I had to go to the doctor and get them to remove it and it just wasn't feasible for for me to have that as a treatment option if I was going to be in pain mm. uh so often putting it up myself and so they take it more as a stage by stage process that I'm going to do exercises first to you know loosen my pelvic floor and then I will move on to the pessary stage mm. so um have you any idea of where you're going with this or what treatment options might be ahead have you talked about surgery do you know what you're hoping for um so I've actually got my first physio appointment uh next week for my prolapse and that's been a long time coming yeah uh, and I actually had been recommended that by Instagram and people on Instagram and that's the reason why I push for it already on the NHS mm. um, and that will hopefully help me relax my pelvic floor and then the next step is a pessary finding the right size and fit for me and then I'm not going to consider surgery until after I give birth mm. um, yeah so for now I'm just gonna work on the pessary and breathing and physio until I have children and then I will review my decision. Yeah. So does that mean that you've thought about and spoken to somebody about what it would mean if or when you do get pregnant and, and have kids? Uh, well, you know, because there's so much weight bearing with pregnancy, it can, hence why it's a cause of prolapse, it can make someone who already has prolapse a lot worse. Mm. Um, so it will really depend on how severe my prolapse is after I give birth yeah so you've talked now obviously about Instagram and how you kind of took to Instagram to find support and advice and now you're also talking very openly about your experience and writing about it which is great um, how has that what kind of support have you found how has that helped you on your journey yeah, it's been so eye-opening of like the number of people that do have prolapse because I originally went on Instagram thinking I was the only one, you know, with prolapse before pregnancy because it wasn't something that medical professionals talked about. And I've met many young individuals who have prolapse and a girl as young as 15 years old mm. who has prolapse and I was there thinking that I was alone and and Instagram and Facebook groups really helped me learn that I'm not and mm. there are other women out there going through the same experiences as I'm going through. Mm. So you've got to know other young women who who live with prolapse and who haven't given birth? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've met quite a few individuals. Yeah. What would you say to somebody else if somebody who is your age and notices something strange like that, what would you recommend that they do? Yeah, so that was the re whole reason really I started the blog because I was so 
there's so much stigma around talking about women's bodies and women's genitalia in particular and that's why I didn't go to the doctor in the first place I was just too embarrassed to discuss anything about that Mm. so I wanted to encourage women to not be embarrassed to talk about that certain part of their body and to go to the doctor if they feel something is wrong or something looks out of the ordinary to what the they usually see Mm. because the thing is everyone's body is different and that's why it's important to monitor like what yours looks like what your vulva looks like what your vagina looks like because you'll notice when something isn't normal yeah and what's that been like for you I mean you know you said that you didn't go at first because you were embarrassed um which I think is probably something that a lot of people would feel because it isn't something that we talk about a lot but then when you did go, what was it like? What have healthcare professionals been like? And have you felt that you've been taken seriously and received the care that you needed and wanted? Um, so I've kind of experienced mixed with the healthcare professionals. Like there's a lack of empathy, I feel, particularly in the prolapse uh, respect with women with prolapse, especially as I'm so young. They just describe things in ways that only healthcare professionals would understand, like using words like cervix, uterus. Like I understand that, you know, and anatomical words, but for me as a young individual, I didn't know anything about them. Mm. And there was one healthcare person in particular that really resonated with me. And she drew a diagram of my vagina and she described to me everything yeah. there, like what it was and and that really helped me comprehend know my condition and what it was because I didn't know before Mm. how do you think your uh, sex education has prepared you for the what you're going through and being able to advocate for yourself in this situation um I don't really remember receiving much sex education (laughs) um I probably did but I think it was more so like oh what happens how someone gets pregnant Mm. it wasn't about the female anatomy and I don't think men are taught that at all Mm. and I feel like that's something that really needs to be addressed because males need to understand how females bodies work as well as how females need to understand how males work Mm. you know it's not just about understanding your own body it's about understanding others especially in a relationship and with someone who has prolapse Mm. And presumably you talk openly to your friends uh, and if you have any partners, you talk openly about this now, do you? Yeah, there was this one instant actually when I told them I have prolapse and they're like, oh, what's that? What does it look like? And we were at dinner in like ZZ's or something. And then I was like, oh, I have a photo, but I'm not sure you guys would want to see that. And they're like, show me, show me, show me. And I was like, oh gosh. So I brought out my photo of my prolapse and they just passed it around the dinner table. They were like, look at this, look at this. And then the waiter came over and I was like, oh gosh, can you just put it away, guys? But I feel like I've just become so much less embarrassed about talking about it. I mean, like we talk about it with my family at dinner table now, like... (laughs) And um, with my boyfriend, it's become something that you need to discuss because, Mm. you know, it it impacts my sex life and he's part of that. So it's important to communicate with him about it. Mm. And you found that that's been okay. It hasn't had too much of a negative impact for you. Um, no, he's been really understanding and communicative, but with my first partner, I was just, I still didn't know what my prolapse was. And I would say that I was a bit more anxious to talk about it. But through Mm. the years, 
as I've learned what my prolapse is, I've become more confident with asserting myself and what I like and what I don't like and, you know, what hurts me. So I feel like I was on a better level to communicate with my current boyfriend and he's been really, like, helpful. He's the one who actually helped me set up my blog. Mm. So, yeah, I just think it's important to communicate to them because obviously they don't they won't be able to help if they don't know yeah exactly and I mean I I can only assume that it's that that kind of a conversation is really helpful in loads of other ways as well I mean when you're in a relationship with somebody sexually being able to communicate about how certain things feel and what works and what doesn't work is so important anyway so yeah yeah well I must admit when I first told him I wasn't that I should have worked on this better, but I just sent him a few links and was like, this is what I have. I didn't ever sit him down and be like, just explain to him, because at that time I didn't really know. So I just thought it better to send him a few links and he can do some homework on it or something. <laughs> do you have any particular hopes or fears for your future life? Um. So one thing I am fearful is that I won't be able to have children um I know there's uh like I probably will but I feel like I'm just such a medically like I just seem to have medical problems to be left right and center so I feel like that will be something I'm quite scared of Mm. um my hopes mm, my blog has made me really hopeful with encouraging other women to you know talk about their prolapse and not to feel embarrassed about it Mm like randomly one morning like I was just couldn't sleep and I just decided to work out and like when I am working out and I just feel a bit anxious before because you know I was like oh um what I am doing is it making my prolapse worse is it going to be okay Mm. and it just didn't let me enjoy and relax and I thought oh why don't I create a space where I can just blurt out all my feelings Mm. on a page and hopefully help me process them Mm. And that's when I was like, oh, to my boyfriend, why don't I set up a blog? And then when I finished working out, he had (laughs) miraculously done a small starting point for me to start my blog. And then I just wrote down on a, a, like, Word document everything I would say. Yeah. And I just made it into a blog. And then it became something that was originally for me, for other people as well. Mm. Because it actually encouraged women to talk about it and it, provided a like network for women to connect and then I just really continued doing that and it's just been so rewarding for myself and like for others Mm. have you had a lot of people contact you because of the blog yeah like it's been really nice like a lot of women have reached out to me and said like oh your blog has really helped me Mm. and it's just it's a lot of pressure but Mm. it's also really really rewarding and these brave women who like I feel like they're going through this alone I really like really want to tell them that they're not Mm. and like over as you said over 50% of women after pregnancy do have prolapse so it's not something that's like a rare untalked about what isn't talked about but a rare condition Mm. it's something that's quite common Mm. so I hope in the future that it can help more women to do that especially young women who have it before pregnancy yeah and I mean one thing as well that's worth saying I think is that you're a very active person aren't you like you're you exercise a lot which is something that a lot of people would probably think that you know once 
you have a prolapse, that's it. You need to take it really easy and not do any high impact exercise. But you, you've really worked through that, haven't you? Yeah, it was quite a hard to take in at the beginning because they were like, no running, no squats. And then like, I just did a list of things I couldn't do. Even one of the lists was avoid constipation. And I mm. was like, I don't know how I can avoid constipation. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not something I'm actively seeking out to be constipated. <laughs> um, but I feel like I've learned that you can just modify exercises you do. Like when I saw my physiotherapist, she really helped me learn you know, what I can do and what I need to modify. Mm. Not what I need to rule out, but what I can do in different ways. Mm. And I also met EVB Sport, who I'm now ambassador for. Oh, yeah. And she really helped me. Uh, and her clothing helped me become more confident with my prolapse. Mm. Is there any particular uh, preconception or prejudice uh, that you would like to correct? Anything that people think about prolapse that isn't right? Um, I think that a lot of people think that they can't do certain things. Mm. Like there's a list of certain things they can and can't do, but it's not so black and white as that. Like mm. it really depends on the individual and what makes your prolapse worse. And no two person is the same. So there is no rule book for what you can and can't do. Mm. Uh, and also um, I thought you can't have children with prolapse, but like in the majority of cases you can. Yeah, absolutely. That was Simone on Bits of Me. You'll find her on Instagram at living underscore with underscore prolapse. And there's a link to her blog in the show notes. You can follow Bits of Me at Bits of Me underscore podcast on Instagram and at Bits of Me underscore pod on Twitter. If you like the podcast, please take a second to rate and review it. And if you know anyone else who might like it too, please share it with them. Thanks for listening. Listening.